Entrepreneurs can get stuck in their head, challenged by their thoughts, the voice in their head, and their beliefs. We chat with successful entrepreneurs who share their journey and the lessons learned along the way. The Add Valued Entrepreneurs podcast is edutaining, leaving you with actionable advice to transform your life and create a thriving business that aligns with your values and goals. Our conversations are for entrepreneurs who want more freedom and fulfillment from their work so they can live the life they desire. You deserve it. It is possible. It's time for you to add value. Our guest today is Jordan Mendoza. He's the founder and CEO of Blaze Your Own Trail Consulting, where he helps entrepreneurs grow their business through strategic marketing, sales, and leadership consulting. Now a full-time trailblazer, Jordan's goal is to help over a thousand entrepreneurs grow their brands to increase their impact and income each year. Jordan Mendoza is a go-getter and he talks about making connections and building his following on LinkedIn in only 18 months. He shares the three gifts he took out of 2020 and how he's helping others incubate their dreams and get good at their craft. Jordan, thank you so much for uh, being willing to come on the show today. Looking forward to a, a fantastic conversation. Hey, no problem. I appreciate you having me. Absolutely. So tell me a little bit about your journey into entrepreneurship. Yeah, I'd, I'd say it's, it was a long journey. You know, it's uh, I became an, a full-time entrepreneur at 40 years old. So, uh, But I, I feel like uh, a lot of experiences in my life have prepared me uh, prepared me to do it, you know, prepared me to, to, to take that leap. Um, but, you know, just to give a little bit of background, I, I, you know, as a kid, I, I kind of enjoyed fundraising more than sports, you know? Uh, so I'd get signed up for soccer, I'd get signed up for T-ball and all these things. And I really enjoyed going out and selling the pepperoni sticks and the, the chocolate bars, you know, more than I actually did, uh, enjoyed playing. And I think that, you know, if you can, get good at face-to-face -face conversations, you know, understanding people's personalities, how to communicate effectively face-to-face, -face, then uh, those are some skill sets that'll help you uh, become an entrepreneur because, uh, you know, you go from salary to commission. So you better be able to communicate and be able to sell and market yourself. Absolutely. So what did you do uh, prior to jumping into entrepreneurship? Yeah, so I actually spent the last uh, 15 years up until January of 21 with the same company, a company called Gables Residential. Uh, they're actually a national property management company, uh, own and manage luxury apartments uh, nationwide. Uh, and it's a super interesting story because I, you know, I spent 15 years in the industry, but I started as a resident. You know, me and my wife were living in an apartment in Maryland and. Uh, we had a, a newborn, you know, just just a handful of months old who just turned uh, 17 last week. <laughs> so <laughs> it'll kind of give you some context and how long I was in that industry. Right. But I went to the office one day and, and the office team said, you know, you've got a really good personality. Have you ever thought about doing leasing? And I said, I don't really know what that is. What is it? They told me it was a type of sales. And really the biggest question I had was, you know, do you offer benefits? Because we had this newborn and I just paid 500 bucks for a doctor to look at my son for like three minutes. And I was like, yep, definitely can't be doing that. Right. So they offered benefits and, and that really started my career, but it was a really good career. I advanced pretty quickly, went from leasing agent to assistant manager to property manager, all within about 16 months. So I, I really advanced fast. And then uh, managed multiple communities, uh, got into training and spent eight years in training and development. So really teaching, training, coaching, 
uh, developing content, doing video stuff, teaching a leadership program. And so uh, really gaining those skill sets over that eight years is what really uh, is kind of where I proved to myself that I could do uh, something on my own. Absolutely. Well, now you uh, you started your podcast just a couple of years ago. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Started the podcast on uh, January 1st, 2020, which at the time didn't mean much, right? It was just the start of a new year. <laughs> Had no idea about this uh, pandemic thing that was going to that we, was gonna we were happen. so innocent. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, we had we had no clue. But but yeah, man, it's it's been such a, a rewarding journey. You know, just with my uh, podcast alone, there there's so many cool things that uh, have happened because of it. You know, my my show has been featured in Yahoo Finance a couple times. It's been featured in other uh, media sites. Uh, we've got listeners in 68 countries. We've been you know ranked in uh, in the top rankings in entrepreneurship and business. And you know, if you would have told me two years ago that that I would have achieved some of those things. I would have looked at you like, you know, you were crazy because uh, most people don't know, but this isn't my first go around. I actually recorded a show back in 2019. I put out two episodes and no one's, no one's heard them. And, and I like to tell people this because I didn't really have clarity in why I wanted to do it. There was really not a whole big purpose behind it. I, the name was just kind of thrown out there. And so I like to share that because when I really got dialed in, when I knew that I wanted to interview people that have blazed their own trail and really learn through their journeys, the ups, the downs, and what's got them to success. When I had that in place and I got to tie in my favorite hometown NBA team, the Trailblazers, that was a another bonus as well. But you know, having that clarity for me was everything. Uh, but I definitely didn't know the, you know, the impact that it would have just on me from a learning perspective, getting to learn from other people's journeys. And then all the relationships that I've built, the sponsors we've gained, the, you know, the eyeballs and the ear, ear balls, if that's a thing, you know, of people that have, have been impacted by it. You know, it's a very rewarding thing. And, and what led you to make the decision to give podcasting a try? You know, um, it, this is probably what a lot of people say, but uh, I was listening. I was consuming a lot of stuff. I was consuming uh, Heather Monahan's podcast, Confidence Creator. I was consuming uh, Gary Vaynerchuk's podcast, Dave Meltzer. So I was consuming this stuff. And I remember Gary said one time, he's like, he's like, stop listening to me and go execute. You know, like go out and just do it. And I'm like, okay, let me, do, I, I can do that. You know, it was the same thing with LinkedIn. You know, I remember him, this is back in 2019, maybe March or something. He's like, get on LinkedIn. This is a place you need to start, you know, and, and I did that. And, you know, a couple of years later, close to like 60 something thousand people are following me on the platform. Right. But again, it's about, you have to put in the reps, you've got to put in the work uh, and then you'll start to see results. It doesn't happen overnight. <laughs> that's for sure. But nope. you will start seeing results if you, if you put in the reps every day. I love that. Yeah. Gary, stop listening to me. Go execute. Like, <laughs> but he knows, it, you know? he knows the, the, the majority are still going to keep on listening. So a hundred percent. Yep. Yeah. Love, love Heather, love Heather's new book. And, and Heather just uh, booked her, her recording time yesterday. So I'm really excited. That awesome. Be on That's my awesome. Show, yeah. So. She, you know, it's funny because she went from someone I looked up to, to now, you know, we're good friends. You know, I, I helped her with her book launch and she, she was the second guest on my show ever. So I'm so grateful for that opportunity. And, you know, having, having someone like her on it, you know, she helped spark a confidence in me. She was like, you can go after whatever guest you want. 
you know, why, why not go target people that you want? So that really helped a lot because it, it just humanized her, right? You know, we, some people you can put on a pedestal because of the accolades and they're a speaker, they're this and that. But at the end of the day, we're all the same. We're all people that are, you know, wanting to learn more, wanting to do better and be better people. Uh, and once you kind of realize that, and uh, it really takes that pressure off and you can really start to have good conversations and, you know, the ones that matter. Absolutely. I like uh, Travis Chappell shared, you know, if they're breathing, they can be on my show at some point. 100 percent. Yeah. yeah. Another to... another great guy that, you know, I've had had on the show and and man, kudos to what he's doing with Guestio, uh, his guest platform. It's really taken off. Absolutely. So let's talk a little. You've mentioned your family a little bit and and how insurance was your motivation for uh, taking that job. Right. But how has being an entrepreneur blessed your family and, and changed your family dynamic? Oh man, it's, it's been everything. So just, just to give uh, everybody context, I, I was traveling a bunch, you know, I would travel, you know, eight days, sometimes, sometimes maybe 10 days a month and uh, you know, all up and down the East coast, sometimes around the country. And you don't realize the time that you miss, obviously when you're not there, you know, we don't realize it, but when, when 2020 hit, right. When that, whatever day it was, March 13th, when the whole country kind of got shut down and it was like, holy cow, like we're going to be here for a while. You know, when we all started to realize that, um, you know, I didn't realize that gift that I got because I got a few gifts that year during 2020. I got the gift of time, right? I got three hours back in my day from commuting and, and who knows how many hours of that I would have been traveling up and down the East coast and not had that time. So it enabled me to, to, really get to know my family again, right? Eight years of flights and trains and planes and automobiles. And you, 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 I like look around and my oldest is 17. I'm like, holy crap. Like, where did this time go? You know, and we've got them. Um, we've got five, you know, 18 months is the youngest boy and the oldest boy is 17. And we, you came to the realization that we have one at home. We've got one in preschool, one in elementary, one in middle and, and one in high school. So the gift that I got was, time with them, you know, time to hang with them. And, you know, being an entrepreneur, it's like, Hey, let's go play ball outside. Okay, cool. I'll, let me take a break. We'll go play outside. You know, it's not that I'm in another city and I've got to FaceTime them. It's a lot, a lot different experience. Absolutely. Five, man. <laughs> you mentioned three gifts from 2020. Did, did, did I get all three? Um, yeah. What was it? So I got, uh, I got the gift of time back. Right. I got, so that, that gift of time enabled me to focus on growing my podcast, but also the consulting business on the side. You know, I had these extra hours, so I was doing it and, and picking up momentum with clients and, and helping people. So I, you know, my business at that point, it was a side hustle, right? It was the thing that I was hoping I could take and turn it into full time. And so 2020 really showed me that I could do it because I had the full-time job. I had the podcast and I had the business that I was doing on the side as well. Nice. So how did you choose your niche? You talked about niching the podcast, right? Nailing down, you know, your, your, your why for the podcast. What, what was your why for the business and how did you narrow that? It, it's really using all my skill sets and my strengths. You know, um, there's a cool assessment. Um, if, if any of your listeners have heard of the book called uh, Strengths Finder, as all you know, Strengths Finder 2.0 or Clifton Strengths, you know, you take this assessment, it populates your your 
you know, the 34 possible strengths and you get your top five. Um, so, you know, leaning on what my strengths are was one of the reasons uh, that I knew I could be successful. And one of the reasons why I knew I wanted to go the route of marketing, because I've been in and around marketing my entire life. You know, I, I think back to early jobs as uh, going door to door selling the newspaper, right? Different type of marketing, but I had to understand streets. I had to understand a neighborhood. I had to understand, um, you know, when people would be home, right? So there's all these marketing things that tie in from then. And I looked, uh, you know, a couple of years down the road doing telemarketing, right? Where I'm marketing to people cold calling on the phone. You, you still had to learn how to break the ice in a couple of seconds, right? So I've been in and around marketing and sales for over 25 years. And so, you know, those two part, those two had to play a pivotal role in what I was going to help other people do and, and what I was going to teach people. And then in 2016, I got, uh, I took part in a leadership program. It was a six month program. Uh, we flew out to Dallas for it and it was uh, predicated on Myers-Briggs. So we, we learned our Myers-Briggs type and then we did a bunch of different exercises around emotional intelligence and around uh, conflict resolution. And it was such a cool program that I was honored to be able to teach it for the next three years after that. So I got certified in Myers-Briggs and I really uh, understood the power of, you know, when we can understand how we're wired, how it helps us really give grace to other people. It may not be you know, that they're acting a certain way. It's just they're not acting the way that we would prefer, right? Because our preferences are different. And so that opened my world to professional development. And so I knew that that would be the third leg of my business is the leadership side, because you can have all the sales and all the marketing skills in the world. But uh, if you're not doing OK, you know, if if you're not, you know, operating, you know, 100 percent like a well-oiled machine, it's all for naught. You know, it, it doesn't even matter. Well, you mentioned give grace to others. So let's talk about, you know, the ability to build relationships and yeah. and maintain relationships. Yeah, I mean, that, that's huge for me. It's it's funny because uh, when I took the EQ assessment for the first time, we used the book Emotional Intelligence 2.0, took that assessment, and I was pissed. And I'll tell you why. I, I'm going to tell you why. I was just being upfront. Uh, I, I still can feel the emotions from that day. So what happened is I took it and it said that my lowest area was relationship management. And I, I remember I went up to the lady and I was like, I think this thing's broken. Like I, I am a relationship builder. I'm the guy that still keeps in touch with my friends from eighth grade and initiates these phone, these conversations. And she's like, okay, tell me a little bit more. And so I kept going and she's like, so you realize that you're the one that responded to these answers. And you didn't see that value in yourself. Ouch. And I said, wow. And I said, she's like, do you know why? And she's like, because it's natural to you. So that's why I didn't respond. So I, and I was like, okay, knucklehead. Okay, now it makes sense. And so a lot of people, if if I didn't get that context, I might still be mad, right? I might still be, and again, it frustrated me a little bit still, but getting that context really, it really uh, helped me understand that that was a true skill set and the the assessment you know the score that it gave me wasn't indicative of the real thing if that makes sense absolutely um, i could see you throwing that emotional intelligence 2.0 across the room <laughs> yeah right <laughs> that's what i wanted to do at that point like a frisbee well i appreciate that you know the idea of, of giving grace of of building relationships you know of managing conflict you know i i think conflict and failure are kind of two of the 
two of the ideas or concepts in our culture that are considered so negative. Yeah. And yet, if we if we handle failure correctly, we handle conflict correctly. Those are the two greatest opportunities to learn and grow. Yeah. Well, and it's also interesting, too, uh, that, you know, your environment can shape your conflict style. You know, because I worked in training and development for eight years. Who are we? We're we're accommodators. We're like, we'll help with that. We'll do that. We'll do that. So I took the TKI, the Thomas Kilman instrument. What a ding, ding, ding. You're an accommodator, right? You're, you're always making sure that everyone is taken care of. And I was like, man, but I felt I was more of a competitor. Like I felt like I should have got my competitor should have ranked higher, but my environment did. I couldn't compete. Right. It was about collaborating and helping and supporting people. So it's, it's very interesting when you really look at an assessment like that and see where you came out and then look at your environment and compare the two. And it really, really makes sense. Well, and, I mean, you know, Jim Rohn and, and all the others, you know, that follow his teachings, you know, you, you become the, the, the five people closest to you. And yep. so that's just another evidence of, of that and the importance of choosing those relationships that, that you want around you. I appreciate, like you mentioned, Heather being one of the first ones to, to come on your show. Uh, yeah. I think one of the things that podcasting has allowed me to do is to elevate the people that I'm bringing around me and that I'm having conversations with. Um, th that's an incredible gift of oh, 100%. <laughs> this this podcasting world. Um, if if nothing else, and, and my goal initially was to serve my clients, right, to, to reach out to people that you know, would never sit down in one of my group coaching sessions or, or let alone all of them, but would get on a podcast for an hour and answer all the questions that I, you know, can, can muster. Yep. <laughs> and so, but then it, it, it took on a life of its own. It, it became such an enjoyable conversation and every guest that I have great interviews with introduces me to somebody else and introduces me to somebody else. And, and the, it, it kind of felt like a game for a little while. Like, Oh, they introduced me to them and they introduced me, you know, just the yep. connections that, that you're starting to make and the things that are starting to happen. It's, it's just creating this web of, of successful people that are out there sharing their stories. Yeah, no, it, it definitely does. And, and you feed off, like you said, you feed off that energy, you know, and you, you kind of find yourself like, man, like, wow, I didn't realize I'm up to this point as far as episodes are concerned or i didn't realize i kind of checked off these little goals that i had hit because you're just going you're going through it you know you're moving especially you know i i remember some days when i would have three or four interviews back to back and and then you you know you kind of put your head on your pillow that night and you're like what the heck just happened right but <laughs> but you look back at in all the, the content and the hours and in all that the impact that the information produces and it it makes it so rewarding and worth it Hmm, absolutely. So obviously marketing is one of your specialties. So let's talk about building your own audience and, and what were yeah. the things that you were able to do in the beginning to, to create an audience, create a following, build your list. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's always interesting to talk about this because uh, I actually wasn't confident to start showing up. I really wasn't, you know, I, I could go to any neighborhood in America, drop me off with something to sell and I'll go sell it to a hundred strangers all day long. But for some reason, I was so afraid to get in front of camera and to start doing videos on LinkedIn. And so for me, it was a mentor. Uh, I'm not sh I don't know if you've came across Brian Shulman. He's, uh, you know, known as the, the godfather of video. He's been doing LinkedIn video, been on LinkedIn for like 18 years. The guy's been on it since it really say, yeah, since it really started. And 
you know, I, I, uh, I saw some of his content and it inspired me that, you know, he was doing this thing called what's good Wednesday. And I thought it was so positive and it's like all it's just check in and just let us know how you're doing today. You know, and he did another one called shout out Saturday. And so I looked at him and I'm like, okay, if he can do this, like I can do this, let me reach out to this guy. So I got on a call with him and I just said, Hey man, you know, I, I really feel like I've got a couple, things that people can learn from. I've got some stuff to say, but I just don't know if I should start putting it out. And he's like, you should do it. He's like, you're going to have a bigger brand than me. Like you're going to crush it. And I was like, really? He's like, yeah, just start, start doing it. And I was like, okay. And so for whatever reason I believed him, you know, I was like, okay, I'm gonna have a bigger brand than you one day. And, and then, you know, I just started showing up, man, started, put out that first video that got five views and they were all me because I kept going and rewatching it, you know, uh, you know, cause we get caught in our own heads, you know, we get that imposter syndrome that sets in and it's like, who the heck is going to want to watch anything I have to say, who's going to want to listen to this. And so I was, I was stuck there, but I was determined. And so I just started showing up. I started putting out videos and it was, you know, some sales tips here, some leadership tips, some emotional intelligence. And then before I knew it, you know, uh, this was April of 2019. I put out my first video by December. I had, went from 7,000 to 20,000 followers. I mean, it just, it was like, it was like overnight, there was a stadium of people watching what I was doing, <laughs> you know, and it felt so weird, but it felt right too. It felt like this is what I was supposed to be doing. I was supposed to be encouraging people, putting out motivational content, you know, teaching people stuff. Like I, I really felt like it was where I was supposed to be. And, and, you know, 2020 comes around, I add another, I think 40,000 and just in 2020 alone. And, um, and, and man, it's just, it's LinkedIn has been a blessing. It's just been a big blessing. That's where I've gotten a lot of clients. I've gotten a lot of podcast guests, sponsors have come in from there. Uh, and it all started with me making the decision to start showing up, you know, start to take action because that's, what's going to create momentum. When you mentioned his belief in you, that, his, that your brand was going to be bigger than him. I, I love borrowed belief, right? You know, that's there's right. some people that talk about fake it till you make it. And, and, and it's that process of, of being the person you want to be before you're that person. Yeah. Uh, but a lot of that can come from borrowed belief. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. And you know, it, that's exactly what it was. He was like, no, you can, you've got this. You don't like, okay. <laughs> All right, let's go, let's go do this. You know? Um, but it was, and I always credit him for that in, in a lot of conversations I have because it was impactful. You know, we remember those moments when, you know, someone sees something in us that we m might not see in ourselves. And it's important that like, and now for me, I give that back to my clients, you know, when I'm trying to coach them and say, Hey, you need to show your face on video. And I'm literally seeing Brian saying that right back to me. And so I get to pay it forward to clients now, which is pretty cool. That's fantastic. Well, you mentioned that making leadership, the third leg uh, of your business. Um, I kind of see for entrepreneurs, obviously self-leadership character, so how, how important is that personal development side? Oh, it, it's, it's been everything, you know, um, when, like I have really grown up as a man when I started diving into personal development. Like if we look back at school, um, I loved elementary and middle school was great. When I got to high school, I was so much more into breakdancing you know, than, than, uh, than learning. And, and I was, you know, very hyper. And so I did well in the classes that I've wanted to and the ones that i didn't that i got in trouble and i didn't do well and you know when i look back at that and i look at 2022 i've got a 10 year old that's a fifth grader 
and they actually give them the options between beanbag chairs, these like stools, they have like all these op the fidget toys. I'm like, man, if we had that stuff when I was in school, I probably would have gotten less trouble. Right. So I love the fact that they're accommodating people now with that may have a situation where they're it's not the best learning environment. Cause that's that's really what it was for me, is I'm more of a kinesthetic learner. You know, I need to touch and feel things. And it was so it was like you you knucklehead you said something out of line you you're now i get a referral you know it was like discipline them instead of hey maybe we need to accommodate the way that you learn which i'm so glad that they're doing that you know now right <laughs> that they're actually accommodating for people yeah it's it's still pretty rare i think uh, for too long we forced boys to sit in chairs with their their knees together yes. and yes. their and their hands on the desk in front of them and not expect them to to fidget do something. Or to, That's right. Yeah. Play or you know look the other way or, yeah. It's uh, school was definitely not built uh, for that type of learner. So I, I I'm glad to hear that <laughs> school is allowing yep. some, making some accommodations um, for those things. So obviously you mentioned you know Ryan Schulman as a mentor. How how what other ways have mentors helped you and how would you encourage an entrepreneur to find a mentor? Yeah, no, really, really great question. So I actually, before I became a full-time business owner, it's probably it was 2017, I joined a local entrepreneurship group. And, you know, these are guys that they actually, you know, go to my church. So these are guys that I've built relationships with and it's all business owners locally in the community. And so I started going to this group because I said, you know what, if I'm going to eventually do this full-time, why don't I actually rub shoulders with people that are doing it? You know, they're actually doing it because I was doing it as a side hustle. And and what I found off pretty quickly is they all had stuff to learn from me. And I was like, man, these, this guy's had a business. Like these guys have eight body shops. This guy's got this. And and I'm like putting them up here. And they're like, we don't know any of the stuff that, you know. And it really kind of helped uh, instill that value that I brought, that value proposition that I could bring to other business owners. So so they helped build confidence, but they also were there to encourage me. And, you know, they were there when I said, Hey, I think it's time, you know, and they were like, no, I don't think it's time yet. You know, and they were there when it was time, you know, and so surrounding yourself with uh, people that are like-minded, that are positive and that are in the places that you want to be, uh, has been everything. Mm, that's so good. I like that. Looking at, you know, people that are in the place that you want to be. Um, that's so good. You mentioned your faith. How, how has your faith impacted your entrepreneurship? Oh, it, it, that's another thing that's been everything. I, I, I actually had on some pretty pretty cool guests uh, last year, uh, Mark Victor Hansen and, and his uh, wife, Crystal Hansen, for their uh, the new book that they had coming out called love, uh, love the book and they're on, yep. they're on my dream 100. Okay. Yeah. 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 I'm happy. <laughs> I'm happy to make a connection for you. Cool. Um, but yeah, so, so had them on for their book launch and I was remember having a conversation with, with crystal on the episode and I, we were talking about intuition, right? Mm -hmm. We were talking about, and I remember like, you know, I was getting ready to go to bed that night and, you know, I said a prayer and I was in the next day. It was I was going to basically when I woke up based on how I felt, I was going to give him my two week notice to leave. And I remember I literally I woke up. I had a big smile on my face like the birds were chirping. I don't even like birds and they were chirping. It was OK. The sun was that, you know, and it was like I just knew I was making that right decision. You know, I knew it. I just knew. And then it's funny because that the day that I gave that notice, coincidentally, 
was the, the day I actually got an email um, from a connection of mine that said, um, we want to introduce you to Mark Victor Hansen. You know, so it was like I put out this beacon to the universe and then all of a sudden these things just started to fall into motion, you know. Oh, I love uh, so it was I amazing. Love the power of vibration and and you know the we have so little connection to you know Napoleon Hill talking about the brain being ascending and receiving unit, and yet you get those little pieces yeah like that. And and they're so they're so powerful when when we recognize it and acknowledge, you know, that that the universe is conspiring for our good. hundred percent. Yeah. And then, you know, you get confirmation from a couple people like that, that both have successful businesses and they were like, you were exactly where you're supposed to be, you know? And, and so that was super cool to be able to do that. And then of course they're such generous people. They introduced me to people in their network and, but that's just how it is, right? You know, you make these connections and, and they turn into to, to more, they turn into relationships that are sustainable, you know, and that's really what I'm all about is building sustainable relationships. We will be right back after this short break. This episode is sponsored by Add Value to Life Coaching. Want to learn the mindset secrets of successful entrepreneurs that have been shared on our podcast? Well, you can get them for free at addvaluemindset.com. A-D-D valuemindset.com. Welcome back. Let's get back to more greatness. All right. So speaking of sustainable relationships, let's talk a little bit about your wife yeah, and your favorite date. Yep. Let's do it. Um, our favorite date is, uh, lately it's been like just fun stuff, you know, like Dave and Buster's we, you know, I'm 40, she's 39. We're still kids at heart. We, we've got five kids, right? So we've got to stay young somehow. So, uh, if it were up to us, it, it's, you know, go to Dave and Buster's that's, it's really my thing, but she plays along with it. Uh, she would, she's more of a hiker, uh, and you know, she's in way better shape than me. She's a, you know, getting her, uh, certified personal trainer and nutrition certifications like right now in the process of it. And so the last year she's been, you know, doing all these workouts and, and all this stuff. So she's putting me to shame there, but, uh, I've got no excuse. She's like, you could wake up at five too. I'm like, no, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right. What about favorite dinner? Oh man, I am. So I'm a big, uh, my dad's in the Philippines. So I'm a big, uh, fan of Asian cuisine. So anytime I can get my hands on, uh, you know, shrimp or crab and I mean, I could eat shrimp and rice probably for every meal and just be satisfied. Now, does your wife feel the same way? Well, she, so she's a pescatarian. She hasn't eaten okay. meat for 25 years wow. by choice. And it was a preference thing for her. Um, and she's also, you know, gluten-free. So she's got some kind of dietary restrictions. She's not very fun when it comes to ordering from somewhere, you know, but we've all gotten used to that. <laughs> nice. Well, you mentioned fun. So how important is play and fun on the business side? Oh, it's, it's, it's really important. You know, you can't take yourself too seriously. You know, you've got to have fun. You know, you've got to understand that there are going to be more losses than wins, you know, and when you can kind of understand, I learned that early on, you know, like I, when I did sales, I was going to look for a hundred no's a day and that would get me 10 yeses, you know, like that was it. And so you take the pressure off yourself you know that it's like not every day, one day is going to define the other days, right? You, Every day is going to set you in motion for 
what you want to achieve. You know, every single day is going to do that. As long as, you know, you keep your head up, it, it's, it's lonely, right? It's lonely as an entrepreneur, but you can make it less lonely if you open up the dialogue, you know? And that's one thing that has been important to me. It's like, Hey, talking to my kids and my 17 year old who, you know, he's like expressed that he doesn't want to go to college. He wants to maybe get his real estate license and then buy some rental property. And I'm just like, that's cool. Like whatever you, you know, whatever you want to do, like I want that for you. So talking to him about the business stuff and then having him help me, um, like teaching him how to use some graphic design software I use and trying to get them involved in it, you know, so that they see, um, they, they thought so one thing that happened recently, right before uh, a couple days after Christmas, I got verified on TikTok, And so, you know, I was just joking with the kids. I was like, so is it going to be strange when all the cameras start coming to our house and all the paparazzi because you're you got an influencer dad uh, <laughs> and they're like, dad, you're such a nerd, you know, but uh, but but they you know, my son likes some of the guests I've had on. I've had on some athletes and Anthony trucks on the show and uh, for, former receiver uh, for the Chiefs, J.J. Burden and running back for the Bears. So I've had on some cool, notable athletes and guests like that. So my son really likes that, that you know, he can, I, sometimes I'll have him do a shout out for him and they'll send him the video, you know, it's oh, just that's little, little that, stuff what like a great that. idea. That's a yeah, great yeah, idea. Yeah. So, you know, it actually, matter of fact, JJ Burden, when I had him on, uh, my son was struggling in football because he, he got an injury and he was out. And so he sent him a motivational video and was like, Hey, keep your head up, you know? And it's just so cool that those are the types of relationships you can build. Absolutely. Man, I love that. I love that you're involving your family, that, you know, you're keeping that, you're not separating, you know, work and work yeah. and play and family. And, and obviously when you're working at home, <laughs> it's a lot easier to, to you know, hundred percent. Yeah. kids know, all right, if the lights are on, he's recording. So we got to be a little less rambunctious, but <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and also, you know, that's why I've got the soundproofing behind me, right. That you can see because I mean, we've got a household of seven here. So it's like a herd of elephants. Anytime someone's running, <laughs> running upstairs. And so you got to have soundproofing, right. You got to make your environment better if you, if you have to. Yeah. I had to build a wall inside my house. So <laughs> I, my, and it's only one, I've got a five-year-old grandson that's here most of the days and, and yeah, he, he's a herd of elephants all by himself. So, yep. <laughs> so I get it for sure. So let's talk a little bit about, obviously you mentioned your faith and, and how has being an entrepreneur owning your own business allowed you to give back to contribute? Oh, it, I mean, it's been great. You know, that that's one thing that's kind of not a question for us. It's, you know, we're, we're going to give, we're going to give, uh, every time we get, we get some type of income in, you know, that's important. But one thing that was, I think really revolutionary for, for me from that standpoint was going above and beyond just, you know, a tithe, you know, actually stepping out and, and doing something because when we started doing that, uh, everything multiplied, you know, um, when you can not just give out of what you have, but give out of uh, a sense of abundance, uh, and, and that doesn't have to be to your you know local church. It could be to, uh, you know, for example, there was a guy, a missionary was doing some stuff in Africa. I was like, let me give this guy some money. You know what I'm saying? Um, let me help him out. Uh, he doesn't have to know where it came from, but I feel like, you know, we are blessed to be a blessing, right? Mm. We, we get what we've gotten. And I, I look at like the last few years and I, it was 2019 was a lot of planting. I did. I remember my wife, like you're having all these calls. Are they paying you for this stuff? You know, what, what's <laughs> happening? And, 
2020 was a lot of cultivating those seeds. And then the harvest started showing up in 21, you know, but it takes time. You know, if you've ever researched um, the bamboo tree, uh, it takes several years before it to even make its way out of the ground. And then it shoots up another 18 feet really, really quick. You know, so uh, we got to have a little patience, you know, <laughs> you got to have a little grace with yourself. Uh, and, you know, I feel like if if you are given, if you've got an abundance of something, then why, why not give back to other people? It costs you zero. Yeah, I love that. You know, and and our temptation is to dig it up, right? We got to dig it up to check on it. Ooh, is it yep. in there? Is it is it doing anything? And and waiting that three or four years for just trusting the process, trusting yeah. that that the the steps I'm taking are gonna bear fruit. Yep. Yeah. 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 The, the process is it's not easy when you're in it, you know. But when you're on the other side, kind of looking back, you're like, holy cow, I see, see the lessons, right? You see the lessons in there. Well, especially when your wife's looking at you going, are you getting paid yet? <laughs> <laughs> right. Yep. Yeah. Definitely understand that. All right, Jordan, what, what inspires you? Oh man. Uh, seeing good things happen inspires me. You know, I've, I've always been an, an optimistic person and I think a lot of it, I attribute it back to my mom. You know, she, this is a woman that was born with one lung in 1958 and the doctors told my grandmother she wouldn't live to 18 she wouldn't be able to have any kids and she ended up having five boys and the my last brother when she was 40 years old and she lived to 54 years old and she never made excuses about her circumstances or, or her, her ailment or the hand of cards she was dealt and she always taught us to stay positive you know and so being around someone like that uh, is the reason why I have a strong sense of empathy for people. You know, I was around this woman who I had to, you know, help with oxygen tanks as a kid and, you know, waiting for the oxygen guy and carry these tanks in and set them up and knowing that this is something that helps her live her life, you know. And then I got to witness a, a great grandmother that got dementia and lung cancer and see her battling through that stuff. And so, uh, you know, even though some of the circumstances that I've personally been through in my life have been hard, I look at life through a different lens because of what they taught me and what they've shown me. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. And, and oxygen in, in the sixties and seventies was completely different than, than yeah. the options that they have today. <laughs> yep. Um, even though it's the same air all around us, um, obviously technology has, has made huge advances um, for folks that need to have that. So crazy. Well, I love that, that, you're inspired by your mom and your, your grandma and, and that family connection is, is so important. And so yeah, I appreciate you sharing that. No problem. <clears throat> so let's talk a little bit about um, routines. How, how have routines been valuable to you? What routines do you use that, that help you stay focused? Yeah. So that was actually on the top of my list starting out is I wanted to have that down because I knew that if I had that firm foundation for my day, that the days would be a lot more smooth. Right. And so I think it's, it's important to, to start with the important. So like my day, uh, I get up and uh, the first thing I look to do is some type of devotional or some, you know, reading my Bible, praying, something like that. And then it's spending time with my wife, hanging out with her after her workouts. You know, she's up at five and does her stuff till six. So about 630 is when we can kind of hang together. And then it's time with the kids, you know, getting their morning started. If it When school starts up next week or later this week, it's 
you know, driving one in the morning to school and being able to really spend that quality time with my kids. And, and then it's going to work and then try to hit the gym, play basketball at noon and then get back into a little work and then it's check on the kids again. So, you know, just, I wanted to have something that I could do consistently and that was sustainable and also made me feel all around good, you know? Uh, so that's why I think it's important to kind of have that mixture of, you know, prayer, meditation, family time, exercise, uh, and it really helps your clarity and your mental focus throughout the day. Mm, absolutely. Those are, uh, each important elements, even if your exercise doesn't meet your wife's standards yet. That's right. Yeah. Listen, I, it's, it's, she always teases me about this and, and it's a positive thing. Like we, we check our, we have Apple watches and you can check your heart rate and your resting heart rate. Well, my resting heart rate is about 48 and hers is like 60 something. And she, so we started like looking this up and researching it. And I have the heart rate of like someone who's an, an athlete, like an all around athlete. But I don't do nearly the stuff she does. I could literally walk out from this interview and go run for five miles without stopping. My heart is just it's just different. It was, it's built different, I think. And she can run maybe a quarter mile and she'd have to stop. You know, So it's just weird how she is in way better shape. She's doing way more. And then I, it, for me, it just comes naturally. It comes naturally easy to do it. It's, it's very strange. Yeah, my, my wife doesn't like it either because like when we go for a walk, we walk the same exact distance holding hands. And according to our, our watches, you know, I burn twice as many calories yes. as she yeah, does. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and she's a little upset about it. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so I so I get it. That's uh that's that's one of the challenges. All right. Now we're gonna dig a little 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 deeper. What's what's your big dream? Oh man. So I was talking to someone about this recently and um, you know, your dreams change over time. You know, I think now that I've almost coupled you know, 10 days away from my first year under my belt, um, my big dream and vision is I want to have, you know, a space for local up and coming entrepreneurs locally, mm. you know, so some type of incubator or some type of uh, place. So it'll be an office. And then I want to have uh, you know, a stage and I want to have a podcast studio and I want to be able to teach people all these things and components of what it takes to run a business. Right. So if you're a high school student, then you can apply to this scholarship to be able to be part of the program. If you're a college student, it'd be the same thing. But that's that's really where I kind of my vision is my big long term vision, my BHAG. Right. Uh, it, that's it. You know, and I want to be able to give back to other people because I, I think that I've been given uh, some skill sets that not not everyone can have. You know, I can take a look at anyone's social media profile and tell them what to do, and it will instantly change their performance the next day. You know, there's these things and gifts and abilities, and I'm like, I I cannot let them go to waste. And so I've started some of the process of being able to impact more people by creating courses. Like that's one way I've done it, so that that I can create something once and it can impact people over and over and over again. Um, but I think to take that further would be to actually have a space and a facility to be able to do that locally, and then who knows, maybe take it, maybe take it national as well. Hmm, love that. I, I have two two kind of dreams, and they kind of line up. My I I love jam sessions. I'm not, I am not a musician at all. I don't. <laughs> But the, the musician jam session where, you know, the, the band is just sitting around the room and, you know, somebody plinks something out and then the other one adds on and adds on and adds on. And all of a sudden they've just got this 
this thing rolling, right? With a just vibing together. And then, you know, watching Pixar and some of their background, you know, when they're sitting in a room and they're whiteboarding a story. And so for me, I want to create entrepreneur jam sessions where a group of entrepreneurs and of course, new entrepreneurs with experienced entrepreneurs in the room to, to feed into it. And of course, the challenge is that unlike a band or unlike Pixar, they're they don't have a single outcome, right? Everybody in the room is working on their own thing. Yep. And so there has to be some, it's going to happen. I'm going to figure out how to make something like that. And so your, your space kind of inspired that kind of same vision, right? Like yep. a stage in a, in a studio and a, oh yeah, I can, I can just yep. see that just a space where your vibe, like you, you walk in the room and you're just going, whoo, I got ideas because <laughs> they just magically come through whatever. That's room right. <laughs> that room has. Absolutely. Are you there? Hello, hello. Get, you know, oh, they, they you might are. come to something that, that was free for them or, you know, hosted by a, uh, you know, a group of Americans that show up for, you know, four days, five days and, and just pour into them. <laughs> and so my hope is to do, you know, do something. 10% of my proceeds are set aside for that. And so hopefully we'll uh, be doing that if uh, we're ever allowed to get in airplanes again. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That'd be awesome though. It's a great, sounds like a great initiative. Yeah. I think, I think it'll be, it'll be pretty cool. I like I love the the big dream and I love that you're taking steps, you know, towards towards making it happen. <clears throat> what's what's been the biggest challenge in the last year? Yeah, it's, I think the biggest challenge is is um, not knowing exactly where to put my focus. You know, I, mm -hmm. I, it's been you know, you get shiny new toy syndrome or, or shiny programs in them or this. Uh, and, and that happened, that definitely happened. But I, I look at it all as learning, you know, and, uh, you know, I invested a good amount of money into programs and coaching and, and trying to get it. And, you know, at the end of the day, uh, did was some of it helpful? Sure, absolutely. But a lot of it was like, man, you knucklehead, like you already had this, you already had all this stuff. Uh, and so I think that's been the challenge is like, uh, losing focus i think because it happens to all of us we can kind of be like hey squirrel over there let's go this way so uh, really in the last uh, i would say quarter and a half i started to get super dialed in and i looked at all of my services i looked at all of my offers and i was just saying how do i make these better how do mm -hmm. i remove myself from the equation on this one how do i duplicate myself for this how do i get more people so i started asking myself better questions and that started giving me better answers. And then that turned into revisions of programs and building better systems and processes. And now I actually help people with systems and processes because I've done it and I spent 90 days of it figuring the things out. And so it's been kind of cool because an offer that used to take me uh, four hours of my time uh, per client now is taking me one because I've added a team member and built in systems and workflows and worksheets. And so that right there is just shot the ROI of that offer up exponentially. Mm. Well, let's talk about the power of outsourcing and, and, or adding team members. Yeah. I um, mean, super powerful. So, you know, I, I think uh, it's, it's super powerful, but super hard. 
let's <laughs> let, let's just be real right because when you're used to doing it all when you're used to doing everything it's very hard to, to you know to give even someone a pencil sometimes you know it's like no but i i like to have i hold the pencil like i want the pep you know so it took a it took a while it took a while honestly to to actually give up the reins to somebody else and instill that trust and someone said it to me like this like do you want to be an owner or an operator mm. <laughs> you know and and that really kind of like punch me a little bit and i was like well i definitely like you know the sound of operating versus you know uh, owning it and doing every single thing because here, here's the truth i don't like doing some of the stuff you know what i'm saying like i and i'm not good at some of the stuff so it was a realization of me like okay where is my time best spent okay is it interviewing people is it you know meeting with prospective clients and speaking doing speaking like awesome stuff like this or is it you know in the day-to-day -day stuff and th that wasn't the right thing so to add it it's added a ton of value but it was a long road getting there but now that i'm there i definitely uh you know wouldn't look back and and i'm so grateful for the people that uh you know have, have helped me you know and, and that are continuing to help clients and and you know, they're probably doing a better job that I could have done. Right. When you let people kind of work in their gifts and their strengths, there's some magic that can happen. Because it's so challenging to to give up, like writing the emails or give up uh, some of those things that you don't want to do anyway. But you're like, but wait, I wouldn't do it that way. And yet you got to let them do it in their yep. in their way and hold the pencil their way um, so that they have the freedom to function. Um, so I. My challenge last year was really um, my wife was still working her job. At, my goal is that she keeps coming closer and closer and closer, you know, to working with me. And and I keep too much in my head. <laughs> and so it's you know, how do we get it out of my head so that I'm sharing it with her and we're creating. You know, she's a systems person. So, you know, first thing she'll do is make a list. This is what we do, like our podcast. She does all the she's got the, you know. The process down add the title card add this add this load it here download it there add the artwork block you know it's it's a checklist and so it's ready to out so it's ready to she's got an know, sop right she's got exactly. a sop for it yep uh, exactly and and i'm the i'm the obstacle typically so the obstacle <laughs> is me wanting to hold on to the pencil just a little bit longer because it's it's stuck in my head and, and i haven't figured out how to ask myself the right question to get it out <laughs> yep that's right. Analysis paralysis, right? You're thinking a little too much about it. And yep, I've been there. Well, I'm just not being able to communicate it, I guess. Right. It, articulate. It's yeah. Yeah. It's get rolling it out. around in there and I can't, I can't articulate it. And when I do articulate it, it sounds like I'm talking about a Volkswagen, but in my head, I'm picturing a Ferrari, right? Like, <laughs> but I can't articulate Ferrari. I don't know. I haven't figured out how exactly yet in some places I'm getting better. I'm trying. It's, you know, like you said, it's a process. Um, and right. I think, one of the values that you shared really early on and we, we kind of glossed over it was the journey, right? Like recognizing that find the enjoyment in the journey because there, there is no destination. Yep. That's right. <laughs> we, we, I don't know where we get the idea that success is just this place that you arrive, right? I guess. Well, I, I think it's, is, at least for me, it was like being in the corporate environment, right? Because it was like, you know, you strive to get to this and then you get there and you're like, all right, what do I do now? <laughs> what do I do now? Now, and then when you get onto this side, it's like, yeah, I'm not really, I'm competing against me, right? I'm not, there's, you know, the way I look at it, I don't have any competitors because I don't know what half of them do. I know what I do and I know what my program does. And I know that 
what my processes are, but I don't know what anyone else that, that is in the same space that me does. And I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but to me, it's like, I don't have any competitors because I'm the only one that could teach you the way that I can teach you. Mm, I love so that's that. That's how I look at that. But I love the idea that, you know, we're not in competition, right? We, we were put on this earth to creatively help each other. And yep. when we think competitively, we actually cut off that, that creativity. And, and I think that's so valuable. I, I know doing SEO, they want you to, you know, give us, you know, five competitor websites so we can compare. And I'm like, I, I, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Whose website should I use to compare? I, I don't know. Cause, cause like you said, I'm, I'm me. And nobody else yep. is me. And so that's that's not only is it my uniqueness, but it's also it 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 differentiates, you know, me from 100%. everybody else. And so there isn't anybody doing what I'm doing, as far as I know, because <laughs> they're it. not me. Yeah. I love that. That's super good. Absolutely. <clears throat> All right. So young entrepreneurs sitting across from me, you guys have had coffee, you know, met at the networking event at your church or, or wherever, and you're going to give them Jordan's words of wisdom. What would you share? Uh, I would share with them to get really good at, at communicating what you're, what you're offering to people. Mm. Okay. Uh, in addition, um, you know, be good at whatever that is. So not just be good at communicating, but actually, know it inside and out. Uh, and that's one thing I, I tell my clients all the time is you have to become a practitioner of what you're doing before you start offering it to other people. Hmm. So like I am my own pig, like guinea pig. I'm the one that built my brand first. And then my company came to me and they said, we notice all the success you're having. Can you take over our page? And I built that up to 20,000 followers. And then I started doing it with other pages. Then I built my own. So I became that practitioner first and proved over and over again that I could do it, that my systems and my processes work because I wanted to make sure that they were duplicatable <laughs> because it doesn't matter who you are. If, if, if somebody comes and works with me, I can guarantee them if they do X and Y and Z, it's 12 weeks worth of stuff. If they do that, they're not just going to get results, but it's going to be sustainable, mm, which means so they can repeat the process over and over and over again. And so, you know, when I think about it in terms of like value proposition, because that's something that everybody wants, like, what am I going to get for this cost? You know, my program is six grand. It's not cheap. But uh, if I can teach you how to fish, what would that be worth to you? It could be worth a hundred grand to you if you got maybe X amount of clients, right? So, um, you know, I don't ever want to take people's money. I want to give them tons and tons of value, really $50,000 of value for six grand is, is the way I always look at it, mm. right? Um, because I want them to succeed. I want them to be able to get results that they can use and teach other people because it's really, that's what it's about, right? When we get information, it's not for us to keep, but it's for us to actually give to others. And listen, it's going to come with a cost because it's taken me the last 25 years to learn all these things. You know, I didn't just learn it overnight. Uh, it's, it is the door to door. It's the telemarketing, it's the digital marketing. It's all of it combined that I've packaged into a, a, in a way to teach people how they can do it on their own. Mm, so powerful. And, and I think the value of learning door to door sales and then learning telemarketing sales like those are those are two foundational uh, yeah. skill sets that that really set you up. Um, oh, 100 percent. Well. 
Yeah. And we, we were super poor. So I would, I would literally go door to door and ask people for their cans because you'd get a nickel in the state of Oregon and I would get them and go buy candy. Like, you know, so I, I definitely was, uh, my mom used to always tell me, she's like, you were born and you just haven't stopped talking since, you know, I just <laughs> would always be, uh, my mouth would always be moving, you know? <laughs> nice. Jordan, I appreciate you taking the time today. What a great conversation. Thank you for, for being willing to share with us. Oh, no, I listen, I appreciate any opportunity I can get to hopefully, you know, positively impact an audience. It, it's my pleasure, my friend. I appreciate the invite. If you enjoyed the show, please like, subscribe, or leave a review. We have a free gift for you at addvaluemindset.com. That's addvaluemindset.com. We've collected some of the best mindset secrets shared by successful entrepreneurs on our podcast, and we want to give them to you for free. ADDValueMindset.com. In our next episode, Karen is a design connoisseur with a food fetish. As the owner of Sweet and Savory Designs, she helps restaurants and food and beverage companies create top shelf visual brands that directly impact both the vitality of the business and the bottom line.